Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hartz, and today we have another fantasy file on tap. I want to talk some Darren Waller, everybody. I think we all realize if you've played fantasy football over the years that tight end the position, if you have one of the big three players, it kind of gives you an edge in Waller, make no mistake about it, has been in that top three. It's really any you know metric you want to look at. Fantasy points, absolutely. But you know, just in terms of uh, his PFF receiving grade since 2019, he's number three. Receptions, he's second. Receiving yards, he's second. Who's in first? Travis freaking Kelsey. We all know this, but it really is everything, people. I mean, missed tackles for us. He's fourth. Contested catches, he's first yards per route run he's fourth I mean volume and efficiency tells us that Darren Waller has been a top three tight end in the league over the past two years and truly like one of the better stories that you can come around I mean for him to come out with the Ravens just not really have you know didn't give himself a chance due to substance abuse problems to really make the team to make an impact and for him to turn his career around on the Raiders it really has been one of the better stories in the NFL over the past two years but truly people 2019, 90 catches, 1,145 yards, three scores. Last year, 107 catches, 1,196 yards, and nine scores. He is a true number one pass game option, and the Raiders are treating him as such. I was a little worried about him last year. I think I had him as my tight end four behind Mark Andrews, Kelsey, and Kittle, so not like I was down on the guy, but for me, the issue was... Why the hell are the Raiders signing Jason Witten? Uh, Foster Moreau, their other tight end, was actually really good as a uh, rookie. And I think there was even someone else they added. Like they were, oh yeah, they got uh, Nick O'Leary, a dude that never wears any gloves. Like the Raiders just, it's like what they're doing with the running back room this year with Ken and Drake. It's like you already have a running back. They already had a tight end, Waller. Why are they adding more? We'll see how that situation, you know, pans out on another podcast. But for Waller, clearly Jason Witten, Moreau, none of these guys made an impact with his snaps and more importantly, targets. So that was great to see and now looking at this team you know moving forward there's no one else to take these targets they've added John Brown to replace Nelson Aguilar and otherwise it's Henry Ruggs Brian Edwards you know Hunter Renfro I think Zay Jones is probably still there we got you know Kenyon Drake taking some stuff but Darren Waller is more ingrained as the Raiders number one pass game target than ever and he deserves to be and you know he is a tight end but truly people he's a number one receiver he did spend 35% of his snaps in the slot or out wide that's a middling number we see guys like Mike Jasicki play like 70 80 percent you know some like George Kittle are more true inline tight ends and don't usually flex out quite as much so 35 percent snaps in the slot are out wide you know you pull up the highlights for Waller you'll see him defeating legit cornerbacks safeties linebackers whoever you want to put on the guy he's just too big too strong too fast for really any one mere mortal to kind of deal with him so you know we'll see if he gets 100, I believe, 46 targets he had again last year. But even if that number sinks a little bit, I just think relative to the rest of the tight ends, it's still going to be huge. I mean, since 2019, Kelsey has 269 targets. Waller has 255. All the way in third place, Zach Ertz at 196. So Kittle would likely be far closer if he hadn't been hurt uh, last year. And you can even say the same thing about Ertz in all likelihood. But truly, I mean, Waller, like he turns 29 here in a couple months, I believe. And I feel like there's no reason to really expect a drop-off. He's, I know I say he's too big, too strong, too fast, but... 
those, all those things are true, but this is not like a Jonu Smith type of tight end where they just went on that overwhelming physicality. This guy is a polished route runner. That's how you catch 107 passes in a year. You don't get by on physical tools alone and put up those types of numbers. And, you know, we saw really what the ceiling is in that final stretch of 2020. I mean, if you had him on your fantasy team, you definitely don't didn't forget about this. But for those that weren't watching a ton of Raiders football in December last year, which I can't say I blame you, I mean, you guys missed Waller put on performance out to performance. He went for 200 yards and two touches against the Jets. His worst game of the stretch was seven catches for 75 yards. Goes 9-151 with uh, Marcus Mariota under center for most of the game. Catches five of six targets for 112 yards against the Dolphins. I swear, like, every one of those catches was contested and truly a great play. And then finally ends the year with nine catches, 117 yards, and a tutty against the Broncos. So, Waller, he's a top three tight end by every you know, metric we want to find volume and efficiency wise. He has more volume than anyone other than Travis Kelsey. It's one of the great freaking scenarios in fantasy football, people. When we get a high-end talent, that meets high-end opportunity and that is what Waller has. And hey, if you've been listening to this podcast for a bit, like we like Derek Carr here, even though I am still blocked by him on Twitter. If you're listening, Derek, please unblock me. I'm, I'm being nicer these days, but with Derek Carr. He was great last year. It was his best season. It was better than his fraudulent 2016 MVP campaign. The only problem was the Raiders ranked 30th in scoring defense this time. They were averaging, you know, I think they allowed 24 points per game in 2016. Last year, it was like 30. So, you all look at QB rating, big time throw rate, yards per attempt, adjusted completion rate. Derek Carr was really the best version of himself that we've seen yet in 2020. And I think the fact that he did it with, you know, good, not great weapons. I don't think we would kind of rank the Raiders wide receivers and tight ends as like a top five group of players in the league. Give Derek Carr some credit for, you know, elevating the supporting cast around him. I hope that he continues to play well. I'm not super optimistic he will because, you know, some of the offensive line reshuffling. But I think when we zoom out a little bit, you know, because there was a lot of guys randomly getting cut in the earlier on parts of the offseason, we did see the we do see the Raiders now not having a top five offensive line in terms of dollars spent on them for the first time uh, since at least 2015. But Richie Incognito coming out of retirement, Alex Leatherwood, you know, being a first round tackle. I know they reached on him according to a lot of, you know, draft experts, but if they Looking at those guys playing well, I think the offensive line will be far from a liability. So, you know, moving forward, quick PFF Lily stat on Darren Waller before we get to his rank. Since 2019, people, in fantasy points per game, full, full point PPR, Travis Kelsey's at 18.3. Kittle is in second at 15.8. But Waller is only at 15.6, people. Like, just a .2 difference between Kittle and Waller over the past two years. And then we have a big drop-off all the way to Mark Andrews at 13. And nobody else is over even 12 fantasy points per game like we just do not see this sort of drop off at any other position and it really is why you know if you're out there doing these best ball drafts or if you're just in a single tight end league I think that there's a lot to be said about using one of your first three picks to try to get one of Kittle Waller or Kelsey I have my uh, fantasy football tight end tiers article go out I do think Kelsey is in that top one alone People, between Waller and uh, Kittle, it's a big conversation. And Andrew Erickson and myself actually did discuss this on the 519 uh, edition of this podcast. But I think I'm ready to go ahead and do it. Darren Waller over George Kittle in 2021. And if you ask me to say, one, who's the best tight end in the league? Everything considered, I think it's George Kittle. If I was running a team, I would want George Kittle over any other tight end at this point in time. With all due respect, Travis Kelsey, getting a little bit older. It's tough to, you know 
Obviously, George Kittle would be playing a little bit better if you had Patrick Mahomes as quarterback as two. Neutral situation, neutral everything. If God could turn injuries off, give me George Kittle. That's not what we're looking at, though. It's not a neutral situation. We can't turn injuries off. And you look at the quarterback predicament. Okay, we know Jimmy G can enable uh, Kittle. We've seen Kittle do just fine with guys like Nick Mullen, CJ Bethard under center. He's such a yak monster that, you know, I'm not too concerned about the quarterback play with Jimmy G. The problem is, what if we go to Trey Lance and... I don't know. He just doesn't feed Kittle a ton. They need to keep Kittle in more to block. They become even more of a run-first offense. Like, Trey Lance has the potential to almost be a Taysom Hill-type fantasy asset. Fantastic if you have Trey Lance, but for everybody else involved, it might be more of a net negative. It's just more of a concern than Derek Carr, who just fed Darren Waller, you know, more targets than anybody at the position. Literally, I think more than Kelsey uh, just in 2020 alone. Derek Carr just fed him that. He just did so efficiently. Like, Quarterback, it just goes on Waller's side. Volume. Again, everything we just talked about, 49ers being more crowded. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, it's it's more crowded than anything Darren Waller's looking at. With all due respect to Smokey Brown, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones, it's just less crowded in, you know, Las Vegas. So Waller, Waller too. And then finally, like the defense, the 49ers, the market says that they have like the second best defense in the league. And I think that is wrong and I, I i would not put them number two but i sure as hell put them a hell of a lot higher over the raiders so defense is also on waller's side so again kittle pure talent being a better real life tight end give him that point everything else is with waller and again in fantasy we say it over and over again we don't want to chase talent we want to chase volume waller happens to have both and because i'm concerned about kittle's volume I'm going Darren Waller, tight end two in 2021. You know, a lot to be said. You know, I'm making a big big deal about moving one guy up a spot, one guy down a spot. But I do think, uh, you know, relative law of the industry and myself, I had Kittle over Waller at first. But the more I look at it and the more I consider every factor, and particularly them drafting Trey Lance instead of Mac Jones, I do think Darren Waller deserves to be tight end two in 2021. People, if you've enjoyed the podcast, I invite you to check out the rest of our podcast network, which covers everything NFL, college, and fantasy football. Recap the NFL draft with Mike Renner and Austin Gale, two-for-one draft podcast, or get the, all the 2021 betting content you need with the PFF forecast. And hey, if you want to use what you've learned and go try and make some money on your own, I invite you to go to Underdog Fantasy. If you like fantasy football and if you like playing fantasy for money, you need to check out Underdog Fantasy. Underdog's got everything, including season-long and playoff best ball. Best ball is a season-long game where you draft a team like you normally do, but that's it. There's no one and roster management underdog automatically selects your best performers each week saving you loads of time go to underdog fantasy deposit ten dollars using promo code pff and get a free pff edge and subscription that's promo code pff draft now at underdog fantasy if you've enjoyed these podcasts i invite you to check out my 100 article in a 100 day series over at pff.com guess what i'm writing 1,000, 1,500 word articles about all these topics I'm also talking about here. I truly believe forcing yourself to write out your thoughts kind of helps rationalize what's going on and it leads to better conclusions. So writing about it, we're talking about it. We're being about it this fantasy football offseason. And I thank you all for joining along as always. So until next time, take care, everybody. And thank you again for listening to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast.